It's the end of week three. This is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast, and we're on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, always presented to you by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bachelor's WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bachelor's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Let's claim your free bet today. All right, well, I hope everyone crushed it week three. I know I've had my ups and downs with this week. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about the, the week three leaders. We're going to talk some Debbie to start it off. And no one is better to talk about Debbie than Mr. Debbie Kane. Kane Fossil, thanks for coming on, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm just ready to talk about football. I think my wife at this point is tired of it being on the TV, which is unfortunate because it's only uh, week four in college football. Uh, so she's got a whole lot more in store at least probably about nine weeks so she's got to get yeah, ready. she's well, got to get she didn't have the lead up like we did you know we get excited for the lead up she didn't have it. she just walked in football's on she's like all right we're here <laughs> yeah. you know well yeah it's uh same thing at my house and brad i'm sure can attest the same thing so kane before we get started i uh, make sure everyone does all those things you know like subscribe and do all that but kane where, where we can find your work before we get going yeah, so you can find me on a couple different podcasts. The first is uh, Dynasty Wall Street, and that is on the uh, Dynasty Trades Calculator channel. So you can always find that. Uh, it gets released Tuesday morning, so uh, that's always fun. We're always talking about a few different players and kind of what we would give up to trade for them and sometimes why the, cal- why the calculator is wrong. Um, so make sure you listen to that. And then there's the uh, Debbie Marketplace, uh, which is our main podcast. It's really talking about Debbie football and college football and trying to understand when values go up and when, ven- when value goes to go down with these players, right? Because we know even in the NFL too, it fluctuates constantly. And if you're not talking about when the right time to buy and sell a player is, then you're going to miss out on a lot of profit and really trying to make your team better. I love that. And yeah, Brad references, you know, a, we reference the calculator all the time whenever we're talking about trades. And, uh, you know, sometimes the market is just, it takes a little while to adjust and you have to be quick to, to act. Um, and sometimes the trade calculator takes, takes a minute, um, to start off with just some news from yesterday. Um, Khalil Herbert came out, had an amazing, amazing showing, um, week one, he looked like the better back. And then he put that to bed week two. I had David Montgomery as a trade candidate last week. I hope people did because Khalil Herbert got an opportunity and shined. Um, even if Montgomery comes back, we could see more of a split. Um, What are your thoughts here with Montgomery? I know there's been some news today, um, but not any official word on his his status that I'm aware of. Um, Kane, what are your thoughts about the David Montgomery injury and Khalil Herbert's outlook? Well, I think the first thing is that it's really unfortunate because this is the last year of his deal, right? So I think that's unfortunate just overall. Um, But I think you have to basically count them out for probably about at least four weeks is what I've kind of been seeing. So um, so if you're one of those zero RB guys, this is a great time if you have Khalil Herbert on your team because you're going to be able to fire him up and probably, you know, at least expect some good return out of him over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think he's, you know, he's someone, and we, we had someone ask us the question about Tua last week, and they said, how much fab do I spend on Tua? And I said, not much. I don't care if he threw six touchdowns. If it's a one quarterback league, save your money for running backs. And then boom, we had big week. Um, You know, hope Dalvin cook was all smiles. It looked like everything was good at the end of the game, but he did not return yesterday. Alex, Alexander Madison, as always looked good. 
and playing the part of Dalvin Cook. If Dalvin Cook misses time, how much fab are you spending on Alexander Madison Brad? Uh, I, I personally wouldn't go over probably 10% because it really does look like Dalvin Cook is talking about trying to play in a in a brace, a shoulder brace. Uh, so, And we've seen him play through some injuries like this in the past. So I don't know that even with Dalvin Cook injury, Alexander Madison's not going to get the full workload, and I'm, I'm going to steer away from that. So for 10%, and if I get lucky, I, I, I'm good with that. What are your thoughts, Kane, on, on Madison? And, and what kind of fab would you spend on Herbert? Um, so on Herbert, I would probably spend, I don't know, in a one quarterback league, probably about 25%. Because at least that's at least a place where you like you know you have a few weeks. Um, I'm not even sure I'd spend 10% on Alexander Madison. Like I know I'm a diehard Vikings fan. And like the offense is okay. But if best case scenario is a timeshare, right because Dalvin Cook's gonna play if he's even 50% healthy right so if best case scenario is a timeshare I'm not spending fab on that I'd rather someone else eat up their fab on a player like that and then down the road I'm able to kind of get a better player week seven week eight week nine when I have you know 40 50% of my fab left and no one else does now that makes sense now Brad Mac Jones um Mac Jones is looks like it's a four to six week injury. The injury experts were talking on fantasy pros today and they said, you know, two to four weeks for quarterbacks. If this was a running back or receiver, probably four to six weeks. Um, nothing confirmed that I've seen, but if Mac Jones misses two to four weeks, one, any interest in Brian Hoyer, Bailey Zappi and Superflex. Number two, what does that do to the pass catchers in that offense? That's already pretty bad. Well, I mean, the only reason the pass catchers were productive this week is because Mac Jones finally just said, you know what, I'm just going to chuck the rock to Devontae Parker over and over again and let him work his magic. Uh, it's, I know he had decent numbers, but I had that game on and it wasn't good. He didn't look good. Devontae Parker was just making plays. So I expect more of the same, whether it be Bailey Zapp or it be Brian Hoyer. It's not guys I'm interested in putting my lineup. I will say, however, I am very happy for the Western Kentucky Hilltopper to get an opportunity. This dude led led college football in passing yardage last year with like 5,800 yards. I was a huge Jareth Stearns guy coming out. I was excited to see him get to Tampa, but unfortunately didn't make the roster with all the moves that they made in the offseason. So I'm excited for Bailey Zapp, and I hope he gets the opportunity. But I really can't imagine them rolling him out there instead of the veteran and Brian Hoyer. So, All right. Well, hey, we're going to get into the Debbie here in a second. Kane's going to give us some risers, some fallers, and some sleepers. Before we do that, we're going to check in with the sponsors real quick. And again, I just want to talk to you about, about Win. Um, thinking of joining about of joining WinBet, now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. WinBet is live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Plus, uh, WinBet has their own same-game parlay f- feature just click on the game you like, select build your own bet, and start building a monster parlay. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bash us win bet, just so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bash us W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer something to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough win bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, and if you're like me, there's 
probably a foreign language that you regret not learning in school. You take three years of Spanish, three years of French, but you really only do it because it's an elective and you kind of have to. But look, my 13-year-old is now learning French. Now I'm using Babbel, and it's never too late to start with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than sold to more than 10 million subscribers. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can finally cross learning that new language off of your list. Look, I've done the first few sessions of Babbel for French, and they make it extremely easy to put you in those conversational type of things. So with Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson. So you can start having those real-life conversations that I was just talking about in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for the lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts. And they're voiced by real native speakers, not computers, which makes it even more difficult with the dictation uh, because it's it you have to record yourself so it, it recognizes your voice and hears whether or not you do it right. It is crazy. And their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective because of this. So with Babbel, you can choose from over 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and your accent, like I was talking about. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to the lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, hell, even live classes if you choose to. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55%. That's right, 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash SGP. That's babbel.com slash SGP for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, the language for life. Now, now Kane's going to teach you guys Babbel for Devi. So uh, not everyone on here plays Devi. Uh, a lot of people on here, if you're listening to the show, are, are, are obviously fantasy football fans, but you most likely are doing Dynasty because this is a Dynasty podcast. But it, it's, you know, at, it's at this point in the season, might want to play the sad music. Some people have to come to realize that their team is not a contender and they got to look themselves in the mirror and say, all right, it's time to look to the future. Well, Debbie. They, they have guys that not only are coming out in 2023, also guys coming out in 2024. Don't forget about 2024 picks when you're rebuilding. You get so hyper-focused on grabbing 2023 picks that you go get a second or a third when you could have got a first you know, in 24. Kane, who are some guys – let's just go with risers. Who are some guys that have risen up the process so far in the first four weeks? Um, so you talked about 23 class first, so I'm going to start there. And so one of the biggest risers right now is wide receiver Jalen McMillan out of the University of Washington. Now, coming into Washington, really high recruit. He's a high four-star recruit, but just never really had good quarterback play his freshman or sophomore season. Now, Michael Penix, the quarterback, which is the transfer from uh, Indiana, is completely going off right now. Um, And a lot of that is due to really good uh, coaching, which props to the coach out there. Um, But also... it's because he has really good receivers. And one of those is Jalen McMillan. So if when we, when we're in the NFL draft and we're thinking about the NFL draft and third round pick, and you hear Jalen McMillan, they're like, where did this guy come from? Well, like he was always good. He just never had a good quarterback throwing to him. Um, So he's a complete riser for me. um, Someone that we kind of have to always keep our eyes on. I know I've been a fan of him for a few years. um, So that's someone that we have to keep our eyes on. Um, 
you know, another one, obviously, Michael Penix, just what he's been doing at Washington. He's kind of gotten a lot of buzz in NFL circles as well. Um, you know, if we go over to the running back position, that's always a, a fun one because um, obviously we need a lot of running backs. I think we kind of see players come in and if they don't do well right away, we kind of dismiss them. Yep. Um, so one person that we, it's not necessarily a riser, but we just have to talk about always. And it's my guy, Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. Now he's not going to put up like these crazy good stats, right? But he is truly one of the best running backs in college football, even though he doesn't get the 25, 30 carries like some of these other guys do. Right. Um, so Tank Bigsby, he's not a huge pass catcher, um, but he can catch the ball if, if need be. It just doesn't get thrown to him a lot, but he might be pound for pound. One of the best pure runners in college football. Uh, there's a reason why his name is Tank, right? Because he's just going to run you over. But oh yeah, he's he has probably like four 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 five speed. Uh, so you pair all of that together, and someone is going to fall in love in this NFL draft process. Um, so those are two of my main risers in the 23 class uh, that that you have to keep your eyes on. Yeah, and I so I put out a 2023 uh, Superflex mock draft. And I had Matt Hicks, Pat Fitzmorris, and Angelo help me, you know, draft the teams. And so I'm trying to look up real quick where Bigsby went, but exactly the same thing. And don't hear that he's a tank and think he's big and slow. No, this guy is, this guy is super quick. And, uh, you know, if he were to play for Alabama, you would hear a whole lot more about him. And, uh, and I love that pick. As far as people that have fallen down the ranks, who do you got? Um. So these are always a little sad. Um, and I'm just basing this one off of people that don't really watch a lot of college football, but they kind of get the buzz around people's names, right? And so the first one we have to touch on is the Clemson quarterback, DJ Uangalale. Uh, he was a five-star kid. He was one of the top two quarterbacks coming in um, to college football. And, you know, the first couple of games when Trevor or Lawrence was out with COVID, absolutely great, right, in in. Uh, that 2020 season and then 2021 comes and we're not sure what we're seeing or if that's the same player as the year before um, the last game you know last week looked better for him uh, but still I think just a pretty big disappointment when you've had other guys kind of show out in in this 23 class right you're already behind the eight ball um, with some of these really really good players so I think that's that has to be a a faller unfortunately I, I love DJU but uh, that has to be one of the guys that that has kind of fallen down. And the other one is a personal favorite of mine in this 23 class. I love Jermaine Burton, but I don't know what's happening at Alabama right now. Uh, I would not say that the Alabama offense has been good at all this season, right? Up to Alabama standards, yep. right? Um, so I don't know what they're doing. They barely beat Texas, and Texas has a knack for shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, but Alabama almost did that, you know? Um, so I'm not sure what's going on with Jermaine Burton. I have him. He was in my top 20 of my ranks in all of my Debbie ranks at the beginning of the season, right? Because if he was going to get that workload that we know that we've seen so many good players at Alabama get, uh, he was going to completely shoot up boards, but I don't know why he's not getting it right. Like he j it just isn't getting the target share that he should. Um, so that kind of moves him down. Yeah, and, and so I, I'm a big fan of QB1. I'm not sure if people saw that series on Netflix, but Justin Fields was really kind of the main main player going through that, Sam Hartman, and DJU was was the guy. He was on there, you know, replacing Fields on that team. And, you know, obviously had big hopes for him. He's a big kid, 
has, you know, the kind of superstar, uh, you know, entrance into Clemson. He's one of the first guys to get, you know, NIL, NIL deal over there. And it just has not, you know, has not resulted in a lot of things. What are your thoughts about the quarterback from Kansas? Uh, he absolutely had an app, a game this weekend. Yeah. Like you're going to see a lot of people love him. Uh, he, he's fine. Uh, I think Alabama probably, or excuse me, Kansas probably should be ranked, uh, but they're not right now. And that's because their defense like just isn't that good. And they beat on not that great opponents. That's kind of all part of it. Uh, but like, you're going to see a lot of hype about these first, you know, these first few weeks. Um, and this is when people kind of show it because you're p- playing kind of the weaker opponents of the season. Um, so I think you're going to kind of see that hype go down a little bit as they're playing Texas, Oklahoma, those sort of games. Those are the big ones, right? I think at that point, that's when they're going to kind of lean back on the run game um, with Devin Neal and uh, Kai Thomas. And uh, this last last question on that is Jameer Gibbs. I, I, I didn't don't know if he was going to be on your, your fallers or not, but um, do you, do, what do you think about him right now um, with a little bit less production than kind of expected? Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's worth talking about. And sure, he has a last pr- less production on the ground, uh, but through four games, he has 17 receptions, uh, which for running back in college football, that's really great. Yeah. Like if we see two a game, like an average of two a game for some of these guys, we're like, yes, he can catch the ball. And if you see 17 through four games, you're like, okay, this guy really can catch the ball, right? Um so, yeah, I love Jameer Gibbs. I think he's just really, really talented. And sure, if you want to talk about the rushing, like it's never going to be the greatest because he's not a pound for pound pure rusher, right? Um, Alabama plays a lot of power run schemes. Uh, that's not necessarily the skill set of Jameer Gibbs. He's more of an outside zone um, kind of, you know, foot in the ground, hard cut runner. Um, and and also the most carries he's got in the game is nine. So, like, it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to split split the carries a lot at Alabama because they're just not really sure who's going to be that main back. Uh, but if people want to uh, discount him a little bit, I will gladly take him because he's going to catch probably 80, 90 passes a season in the NFL. And I really want that on my fantasy football team because we know that one target is 2.7 times more valuable than a carry. No, absolutely. And I just I needed to bring him up because it's a big name, and then you look at the stat sheet and you're like, what's going on? And I'm sure people that aren't as familiar are asking that question. Um, what about a couple sleepers? Um, so some sleepers. Uh, we'll start at the quarterback position, especially in 2023. Um, I think some guys that that are gonna kind of get that late season hype a little bit. One is gonna be Jaron Hall, the quarterback out of BYU. Yep, can just absolutely sling the rock. Like, this guy has been putting up stats. Like, since Zach Wilson left, he has been just putting up mad stats. Like, he's he's a solid football player, and I think that's a guy that's just going to continue to rise up. And I think one guy that's going to almost have that picket-type rise um, is is my guy Sam Hartman out of Wake Forest. Yes. Now, he he's an interesting guy, right? Um, he, like Pickett, has been in college for way more years than we would want him to be, right? Um but we've seen with Pickett that like the age doesn't really matter to the NFL, right? Um, if he's still, if Pickett's getting first round draft capital, like, okay, well then that tells me that 
how how long they've been in college doesn't matter anymore. So um, Sam Hartman, kind of that same thing. He's either in his fifth or his sixth year. He's had some injuries early in his career, uh, but he is just slinging at Wake Forest. Like went to overtime against Clemson and Clemson is the best defense he's going to face all year. Yep. Right. The Cle- Say whatever you want about DJU and the Clemson offense. The Clemson defense is very good, right? It's going to be a top 10 defense probably statistically at the end of the season. Right. And that's not going to shock anybody. And Sam Hartman was thrown all over him. Right. It's and not throwing like some dimes. Some yeah, it's, NFL it's not, throws. yeah. It's not like Wake Forest has a really good running back that they can lean on. Right. It's almost like that. They, you know, shouldn't have let Kenneth Walker transfer a couple of years ago, but I digress. Right. Um, <laughs> but Sam Hartman can make every throw on the football field. And he finally has multiple good wide receivers and AT Perry and Donovan green. Um, and some other ones that are just really, really good that are, we're going to be hearing their names for another couple of years now. Um, so got to talk about Sam Hartman. I think he's really, really good. Hey, going back to my QB one, like I said, that's where I started. I, you know, Justin Fields was on there. Sam Hartman was on there. Those are definitely my two favorite characters on the, on the show and being able to go through, I'd never like Spencer Rattler, but um, that we digress. Any other sleepers on there? Um, those are kind of my two main quarterback sleepers. I, so at, at the running back position, right, especially in 23. So there's a guy that isn't going to have a lot of production this year, even though he's the main running back at Texas A&M. Devin Achain yeah. might be the fastest player in the combine this next year. We're talking legitimate 4-2 speed. Um, when, when we're already talking about a, what was his hundred yard dash time? I want to say it was like 10, one, 10, two. Uh, he's very fast. He's on the track team. Like that's, there's a reason why he's kind of slimmer than we would want him to be in college football. Right. So they list him at five, nine, one eighty five. I realize that he's going to be slim. The hope is that we get to 195, you know, maybe 200 pounds by the time he's actually fully playing football all the time. Right. And not slimming down to run as fast as he can for months right uh but devin a chain what a what a running back um terrible offensive line at texas a&m um Mm -hmm. shout out aggies just tear i don't know what they're doing i don't know what that offense is doing but maybe give like the two best players on your on your team the the ball more that's usually how you'd want to kind of do things but makes sense um, but jimbo's above it right um it's incredible that he can pay all these players, but he can't pay to buy a win. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to just throw some darts at Jimbo here. Uh, hey, that's all right. I hope he guy. listens. Um, oh, you know, he's listening. He's listening. Um, Devin, a chain, honestly, one of the fastest guys you're ever going to get going to yeah. get. And I just want that speed on my team because guess what? The NFL loves speed. Like remember yeah. Terrence West. Yeah, just because I'm a he Browns was fast. Fan, so yes. Yeah, yeah just because so he's fast. He went. He went two oh six to Pat uh, Fitzmorris in our mock. Yeah, like he Devin Chain's really, really good. Um, it you know it's we're gonna, always going to have the question about draft capital, right? Um, but one of the other sleepers we need to touch on, especially at the running back position, uh, because he won't see the production, and that's Kendall Milton, the running back at Georgia, right? When you're the second fiddle in that offense, like you're just never going to see a lot of the work. Um, and I think we have to talk about like Kenny McIntosh as well. Like I know some people don't like have him in high regard and they think he's just kind of a pass catcher, but he's six one two ten. Like there's a reason why he's being very productive at Georgia for the Bulldogs. Right. Um, so you have him. You also have uh, Kendall Milton who's coming in at six one two twenty. They're both going to be in the NFL draft. Wouldn't surprise me if both of them, you know, are picked round four or higher. 
they're both just really, really good players. Yep. Both can catch the ball. Both are just really, really smart, high IQ players. There's a reason why we see top running backs drafted in the top three rounds from Georgia year over year over year, right? And that that's pretty much why. Um, so those are those are a few running backs that we always have to look out for. All right. Anybody else for our receivers I, and tight ends? I got Go one one running back real quick. I've got a, a lot of guys who, because I'm big into fantasy, ask me questions about college. And I'm like, I can't really help you all that much. And then the guy, when I did, did some digging, high four-star recruit, had a ton of offers coming in. The running back from the Michigan Wolverines, Blake Corum. We just saw him explode this week for 240 some odd yards and a couple touchdowns. Granted, it was against Maryland. Uh, but is that a guy that's slowly rising up the board? Kind of mediocre production for his first two seasons in Michigan. Is that a guy we should be keeping an eye on as, as we get closer to draft season? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, one thing that we do have, just to put the hype in check, right? Um, so their second running back, Donovan Edwards, was out the past few weeks uh, with an injury. So when he comes back, like we're going to get a lot more to the split that we saw the first two games, right? Yep. And not as much as, as we kind of saw, you know, just Blake Corum just being the only guy. But we saw this every time that Blake Corum was the only healthy running back, right? That he was going to be productive. Um, and Mich- the Michigan Wolverines offensive line is just good. It's one of the best parts of their team. Uh, so he's always going to have solid production. Um, but from what I've heard, it's, it's a slower hype for the NFL than, than kind of what we would think. Um, they're, they're kind of just buying their time on if they kind of want to hype Blake Corm or not. The big thing that, that we've kind of heard is that they're not really sure what's going to happen. Like with his 40 time, that's kind of a big thing. They just don't know how truly fast he is. When he's and, a small guy, right? He's like five foot eight, two hundred and ten pounds, something like that, right? So he's yeah. a small little bowling ball, right? So, but yeah, man, so he's listed at five eight two hundred. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's a smaller guy, and like that's not necessarily like the concern, um, but you know, there's Austin always Scott. Like, uh, I mean, that's kind of the the size comparison, right? I, something like that. I think it's impressive that he got to two hundred pounds at five eight. Um, like just <laughs> truly a bowling ball. I know that I can do it, but he and I are on different workout plans, right? <laughs> um, one other running back I think we have to touch on, and this might be just because I'm a Big Ten fan, um, Skyumago Gophers, uh, but it's Evan Hull, right? So he's the running back out of Northwestern. And I completely get it if you have no idea what I'm talking about. That's perfectly fine. Not a big deal. I can take care of it. He also might be from Minnesota part of why I like him a little bit more, probably Mabel Grove. Um, But through the four games that he's played, right, and three of them have been losses, right? So it's not like Northwestern's the greatest team or that they're going to run a lot when they're losing. It's part of the whole game script thing. 85 attempts, 370 yards, three touchdowns. So that's pretty solid for, you know, a guy that we're not really sure if he can – you know, continue to do well against good defenses. Um, but do, let's not discount through four games. He has 29 receptions for 311 yards and a touchdown. That's so nice. this guy has touched the ball in four games over 100 times, right? 114 to be exact. He has 600 yards of production, close to 700 and four touchdowns. Like this guy is the entire, entire offense of Northwestern. Um, 
and he is draft eligible in 23. Um, so that's someone that you might want to look out for. This is one of those guys that you might be like, oh, where'd he come from? It's a fourth round pick. Sure, he's kind of sitting behind, you know, uh, an NFL running back that might have a year or so left on his contract. And then what happens when they get hurt? And then this guy comes in and he all of a sudden runs for, you know, 21 carries for like 100 yards. And you're like, whoa, backups aren't supposed to be able to do this, you know? Yeah. And then he catches a bunch of passes. You're like, this guy's wild. And then you end up spending, you know, 50% of your fab because <laughs> you're in a shallow dynasty league, right? Uh, now you can just pick him up a little bit earlier and draft him with your fourth or fifth round pick and super flex rookie drafts. And uh, you'll be able to kind of save the fab. Love that. All right. I know I know we're pressed for time. You gotta get out of here. Any any last words or any last players before we get out? Oh, there's about 900 that I can talk about here. <laughs> that's that's the problem. Um, but what we saw, you know, back in back with the Kyle Pitts rookie draft, right? Is that super athletic tight ends are going to shoot up boards. Right. We have one tight end in the 23 class, Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. Uh, but more importantly, in the 24 class, we might have a more athletic tight end than Kyle Pitts, which is straight up redonkulous, especially when he is taking the ball 75 yards on a carry. That's nuts. Uh, and he's at Georgia, and that's Brock Bowers. This guy, like I currently have him valued as tight end four overall in Dynasty. Right. So if if this is a guy that you can pick up either in a Devi league, you're going to trade a lot for him. Um, but he is going to absolutely help your teams, uh, especially in in dynasty leagues. When, we're, you know, when you draft early and you're not sure if if the tight end is going to be worth it, he's going to be worth it. Brock Bowers is going to be worth it. Uh, he's I think he's already ranked. Uh, I have him uh, as overall player at number 11. And he's a 2024 guy. And that includes 23 guys as well. So he's a talent. He's really, really good. Uh, he can make every play. He's super athletic. He's out there hurdling guys um, and just running for 75-yard carries. It doesn't matter who it's against. I don't care if it's against Kent State. A tight end took a 75-yard carry to the house. Uh, that's something that we just always have to look out for uh, because that is truly incredible. Yeah, um, Jeff Bell was on the show and he was talking about Brock Bowers and he was like, he's just absolute, absolute freak. Yeah, he's incredible. They have uh, like they have three good tight ends, but he's obviously the the bell of the ball. I think we can just say two at this point. There we go. I don't think we need to keep hyping up Eric Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're talking about Oscar Delp, then I'm 100% with you. There we go. There we go. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Perfect. All right. Anything else for you out of here? Uh, no, I think I think just the main thing is, you know, if you haven't tried a Devi League, there's a lot of free Devi Leagues that you can get into and then you can learn about those sort of things. Or if you're thinking, this is the question we get the most, right, is what is the easiest way to transfer my current Dynasty League into a Devi League, right? And ev a lot of people want to do that. Um, so here's, here's the best way that we can do it, right? Uh, just add one round to Devi. That's it. Just one, uh, because then you still have rookie drafts that matter, right? Um, and then you kind of get to learn about some of these players. And the best part about Devi, honestly, is you enjoy college football even more. Uh, but just know once you get down that Devi rabbit hole, 
You go from a Debbie There's league no where you, stopping. you go from a Debbie league where you're start where you're only drafting one round to a Debbie league where you're drafting five rounds. <laughs> All of a sudden to a C2C league where you just drafted 45 college players. You don't even know 20 of them. Uh, so just just know it's it's a slippery slope. Uh, but it it truly is just just an absolute blast. And the nice part is you can ask anyone that does Debbie and they'll happily talk to you about why they draft a certain player or or how to draft and kind of strategy for that. And there's a lot of good podcasts that do that. Yeah, there's a lot of great people out there, and you are one of the best. I appreciate your time. Um, just before we go, what's your what's your tag, and where can we find your work? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Devi underscore Kane. Um, I do the Dynasty Wall Street podcast on the DTC channel, and then uh, the Devi Marketplace, where uh, you can find all of our work and hop into our free Discord. If you're looking for a Devi resource, our Discord is completely free. Uh, to join and all we do is just talk about college football and trades and all those fun things um, as well as share lots of pictures of our pets because sometimes we have to talk about something other than football for like 10 seconds um so we share pic- pictures of pets or barbecue and, and those sort of things but uh, hop in that discord completely free uh and you can certainly learn a whole lot about debbie and kind of do some debbie mock drafts and kind of jump in that way awesome well hey i really appreciate your time it was great to be able to work with you uh, we're going to check in with the sponsors uh, and make sure you guys follow, follow Kane. So the, the first sponsor I want to talk to you guys about is No House Advantage. Uh, no House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play and pick and contest versus other people for the shot at winning 250 k plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks, bet on up to five player props over under player player prop over and unders or individual matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Uh, make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily sports redefined because it's not how you play, but also where you play. You don't want to miss out on this. Sign up now with promo code SGPN at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app to get a first deposit match up to $25. Yeah, and our second sponsor is PromoGuy.us, and it is the best place to go if you're interested in plus EV betting strategies. They've got daily updates on odds boosts and huge cash bonuses from all the major sports books. And they've got a VIP Discord group that puts an even deeper plus EV analytics right at your fingertips. I got to say, we've been looking at their daily promo updates, and they are some of the most informative in the game. They don't simply tell you what team is probable to win but they also tell you where you're going to get the best odds and how to track down and cash in big on all those constantly promotions. If you're not already mathematical models with your picks, you're missing out on an insanely valuable tool. And the best part of all is that Promo Guy is run by a small team of passionate sports fans dedicated to building a well-informed, better betting community. So go to promoguy.us and check out their 100% tracked, transparent, and proven method for being smarter. So make sure you check out promoguy.us. Let's talk about Odds Trader. Um, Odds Trader is a place where you can compare all the odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different signup codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bet possible. It's also a, also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all their games, betting activity, uh, again handicapping, play by play updates, live live scores, and bet tracking, player statistics, key game statistics, projected game day weather and allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com backslash blue wire. 
OddsTrader is the number one site for all your game day bets. So, Seth, I, we'll, we're always honest on this show, whether we like it or not. Um, we, we definitely want to give you the best advice possible. Um, Antonio Gibson for Cordero Patterson, um, and you're also giving away Zay Jones. It's it's a little risky. I know Patterson had a huge week this week, um, and I, I need to know: is this a redraft or dynasty? I'm assuming it's a redraft league um, because the you know Cordero Patterson is a 32 going on a 33 year old running back. Um, but I get it; like he's he's the featured guy. Tyler Algier looks terrible. Damian Williams is on the IR. You're going to get immediate production and you're going to have an extra spot where you can take one of these waiver guys and put them in there. So it's really a two for two and not just two for one. Antonio Gibson, we don't know what's going to happen when Brian Robinson gets back. And so I think that's where you're going with this is just you want to get out before it's too late. Um, so I'm, I'm okay with it. And I, I definitely want to know like, you know, once you hit your waiver wires, let us know who you picked up in the spot for Zay Jones. I don't think Zay Jones has a whole lot to offer, so I'm okay with just throwing him out there and sweetening the pot a little bit to get Cordero Patterson. Um, so I'm okay with the trade. Um, you know, and Antonio Gibson, like I said Brian Robinson's coming back. We don't know what it's going to look like. Brad? Yeah, this is a 100, 10, 10 out of 10 times I'm taking Cordero Patterson here in a redraft league. You've just seen this guy set career highs twice this season already. He, he did it with 120-some-odd yards a few weeks ago. He did it with 143, I believe, is the number that he ran this, this week. He's getting all of the work. And Marcus Mariota really helps him, I feel like, being able yep. to do some of those RPOs. Uh, it just really helps get him in some space. So I think it's an absolute smash uh, getting Cordero Patterson here in your uh, in that that redraft league. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that move. And uh, again, you're when you do the two for one trade, they think they're getting the extra player, but like say Jones is kind of a roster clogger, so you're getting somebody else. So again, uh, I, I like the like the move. And um, you know, for your dynasty people out there. Cordero Patterson, I know, like, probably not good to go after him this week after a monster week, but he's he's a s- solid player that you're going to be able to get on the cheap. And, um, you know, if you're a contender, you can always use running backs. Wait till he doesn't have a, a bomb week and then just go go scoop him up. So appreciate you checking in, Seth. So, Brad. So, so real quick before we move from that, would you, would you give up a second round 2023 pick for Cordero Patterson if you're in a win now? You're in a contending type situation that's too high um i would well that's like that's that's what you're gonna have to pay though right somebody who has cordero patterson isn't gonna give him to you for a third right so you're gonna have to if you want him in a contending situation you're gonna have to give up a second to go get him or a young player yeah and and i get that uh i i would try to obviously not do that a late second maybe but I, I'm still like I would do two thirds. I would do whatever I could to stay away from that second. It's just it's a lot. Um, and if I'm going to use a second, I'm probably going to go for probably a player with a little bit more uh, long term value because Cordero Patterson is like it's literally just you're just burning a second for this year. I mean, he's proved us wrong before, but do we really think he's going to have any value next year? So we want someone that has some value, at least, you know, someone that might have one or two years. It's all, um, all about that belt, baby. All hey, about that belt. You know, we, if we can if get Patterson you. can get you a belt or or that trophy smack trophy behind you, 
I don't know. That second might be worth it. It might be. It might be. Maybe if I'm getting a third back, then I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll there we go. Now we're getting creative. Yeah, I gotta get something else. So um, so let's talk about running back rooms. Um, so running back rooms are very interesting um because week to week they're changing. And so, like, we're seeing the evolution of the Houston backfield, the evolution of the New England backfield. Brad, what do we what do you got as far as like running back reports? Yeah, look, I, I mean, every week I'll be dropping the uh, snap share report, and it's going to have kind of a combination of target share and running back market share in there as well. But there's some that are really intriguing to me, and, and I found myself getting very angry last night uh, watching the Denver Broncos game, watching Javonta Williams get him down the field between the 20s, then Nathaniel Hackett taking him out and putting in Mike Boone. And this week, the snap share was very interesting. Javante Williams at 45%, Melvin Gordon at 38%, Mike Boone at 19%. It's crazy. Now, Mike Boone didn't get a carry, but he did get a couple targets. And the split was like a 45-40 with some some other guys. It, It was very odd. Nathaniel Hackett needs to get this stuff figured out, and and he doesn't right now. Now, I got talked off the ledge a little bit. If you go back and you realize what Nathaniel Hackett's offense looked like the first season he was in Green Bay and how Aaron Rodgers struggled, and they finally figured it out, you know, four or five games into the season. But this is unfathomable for me that Javonta Williams is not getting 70 plus percent of that work right now. And then you you sprinkle in some Melvin Gordon. So the opportunity that we were hoping Javonta Williams gets is not coming to fruition. He doesn't have a touchdown through three weeks. He's not getting a large bulk of the carries, even though it is more than what he saw last season. So I think you need to decide what to do with him. And Dave, would you move Javonta Williams because I feel like if you try to move him right now, you're moving him cheap. And guys are going to want to get him cheaper because he hasn't gotten a touchdown and he's not getting the bulk of the carries. So what are we doing with him? Because me personally, I'm holding him. You have to hold him. You can't yeah. sell him right now for me. Yeah, you, you got to hold. You never never play, never sell a player when they're down. Like, number one, never sell a player when they're injured. Um, but you never want to play. You know, you, know, you want to do these moves where – you know, you're, you're selling a player on the low. If somebody comes with a legit offer, I would move him, but I just don't think you're going to get a legit offer right now for, for Javante. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. So let's move on to the next somewhat muddled backfield. And people talked a lot about this in the, in the uh, preseason before everything kind of got rolling. That's the Dallas Cowboys looking at Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And look, Zeke is still the ball carrier in the backfield. It's about a 65-45-70-30 split type of deal, uh, depending on what week you're looking at. And we'll see tonight kind of what happens from a carry perspective against kind of a, a softer defense, sorry, Dave, in the New York Giants. But the one thing that's happening is Tony Pollard is getting a pretty significant amount of targets. He was at about a 19% target share this week. So Tony Pollard in my eye right now is the more valuable running back to have out of the Dallas Cowboys, because not only is he getting about 35% of the carries, he's getting a pretty significant target share as well. And I expect with Cooper rush that to kind of continue because 
Some of the backup quarterback's best friends are the running back dump-off passes or the tight end. And with Dalton Schultz being hurt, I expect a pretty big game from Tony Pollard on the receiving end. And it may or may not have something to do that I need 25 combined points between him and Saquon tonight to get a win. (laughs) So we'll see how it goes. But that's another kind of muddled backfield a little bit that I think right now, if I was targeting somebody, I'd be going to try to get Tony Pollard. Because one, I think he's the more valuable running back out of the two. And two, he's also cheaper than than Ezekiel Elliott, most likely. Dave, where, where are you at with the uh, Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested in, in what the cost would be. Because right now, if you if you if I had Ezekiel Elliott and you offered me Tony Pollard, I would take Tony Pollard. And it's because Ezekiel Elliott's stock is going down and the arrow for Tony Pollard's pointing up. So next year he's a free agent. He could be the Dallas Cowboys. You know, they could sign him back. Um, I was, you know, reading an article, and I'm maybe writing an article here soon about people that are on the roster bubble. And Ezekiel Elliott's gonna have to take a pay cut or be cut or traded because his contract is is definitely gonna be a problem when they go to try to sign some of these defensive players. And he's just not playing up to the contract. And it's you know, last year he had the knee injury, and people gave him the excuse. All of his numbers are going down. He's broke one tackle this year. And so, you know, I hope he doesn't break any tackles tonight. Um, but, I mean, two games, one broken tackle. And he's had 20-plus touches. And this goes back to last year. It was the same thing. Year before, same thing. Yards after contact and everything. And he's been playing through injury, and he's been Mr. You know, consistency. But the yards, are every, all the efficiency metrics are coming down. And Tony Pollard's in a, he's, he's going up. And, you know, the Giants, they have been pretty good up the middle, um, but they've definitely been giving up some damage to the um, into the pass catching back. So I think Tony Pollard has a better game tonight as well. Yep. All right, let's move on to really probably a little bit more of a surprising situation, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars between Travis Etienne and James Robinson coming off of that Achilles injury. James Robinson is dominating right now. The carries, he went from about a 62% split uh, in week two to a little bit closer to uh, 50 to 35% with a couple other guys uh, split in there. But he is still dominating a large portion of the snaps, and his efficiency is actually really, really good. He's got a touchdown through every week of the season up to this point. I do expect that to snap eventually, obviously. Uh, but he's the running back to own right now out of Jacksonville. And that's crazy thinking about somebody like James Robinson, undrafted free agent under a completely different regime coming in. And Doug Marone not really knowing what he's got out of a guy coming off an Achilles injury that he didn't pick up as an undrafted free agent and saying, you know what, this is the 1A. This guy's getting all of the carries. Travis Etienne, you're relegated to pass catching work, which is exactly what's happening. Uh, So James Robinson is no fluke at this point. We have three weeks of solid production. He's getting the bulk of the snaps. He's getting all of the carries almost. And he's still getting the little sprinkle here of some receiving work. And I'm telling you, that Jacksonville offense looks good under Doug Marone, led by the guy we've been talking about for three weeks in Trevor Lawrence. So James Robinson's a guy to own right now, but I do believe Travis Etienne is a buy, which maybe we'll talk about a little bit in later the show later this week, because 
he's his stock has fallen a little bit and he is that pass catcher he does have that rapport with trevor lawrence it's gonna start to come to fruition he's still working back from that liz frank a little bit so i, I think brighter days are yet to come for travis Etienne. but james robinson is the alpha in that jacksonville jaguars and the game team. script was very james robinson friendly who would have yep. thought that the jaguars would be up you know, 13 to nothing and then 21 to 10. They were just like, they, they were, they jumped on top of the chargers and did not let off the pedal. This offense looks good. Defense looks, looks much improved from last year. I know that everyone laughed at them for all the, the money they spent this off season, but they're doing the same thing that the Eagles are taking advantage of that rookie contract. And they're trying to pile things on while Trevor Lawrence is on that rookie contract. And they're doing a really good job. And obviously the best move was the addition by subtraction of getting rid of Urban Meyer and then on top of it, getting a really good head coach in Doug Peterson. Yeah. All right. And and we're running a little short on time. So I'm going to do one more backfield, and that's the New England Patriots. And the biggest reason I want to do this is you're a week too late. You are one week too late. We've been talking about Ramondre Stevenson, and we saw the shift this week. Ramondre Stevenson he dominated the snaps in week two. He had 62, I think, to four, to right around 40% for Damian yep. Harris. And this week, the snap share stayed about the same. Ramondre Stevenson a little over 60%. Damian Harris at 40. But the, the, the other shift that happened was the running back work went to Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson carried the ball for over 43% of carries, whereas Damian Harris only touched it at 39%. Plus, he's getting that receiving work. So, Ramondre Stevenson, in my eyes, based on the percentage of time that he's on the field, plus how many carries he's getting and the target work, is now officially the 1A in that New England Patriots offense. And when you think about what we talked about a little bit earlier with Mac Jones missing some time, they're going to lean on that run even more. They're going to dish the ball to the running back even more out of the backfield. So, I think Ramondre Stevenson you probably still have a slight buy window because it's not a hundred percent apparent to everyone that he's the guy now, but I 100% believe he is the one a now in that offense. So. Yeah. In my home league, Stevenson got dropped last week. So I picked him up before this week. Um, Yeah. We've been talking about Stevenson and now is, you know, it's probably too late for most leagues, but if not go try to get him. Uh, Damian Pierce is another one who clearly took over, um, you know, I, I call we called this breakout last week. We knew it was coming and it happened 20 carries. No, he had two fumbles, which is frustrating, but he had a hundred yards and he had a touchdown. So, um, he's getting some receiving game work. And then the, the Rams backfield is an absolute, absolute dumpster fire. Yeah. We had one week was Henderson. The next week, you know, was, was, you know, acres. And then yesterday it was Henderson in the first half and the second half was all acres. Yeah. I mean, just if you can just get out and acres like they had the, the Simpson gif where like he got out of the doghouse and he walked into the bar and then he fumbled the ball at the goal line and went right back out into the doghouse. So yep. oh, yeah. uh, if you if you have either of those guys package them, say, Hey Brad, I got a nice package, nice pair of running backs for you. <laughs> I'll take a second round pick or best yeah. offer. Yeah. Um, now I guess the, the one other thing I wanted to ask you, are you, panicking a little bit about Brees Hall do you are you a Brees Hall owner anywhere because last week 
he had like 27% of snaps, I think is what it was. Yeah, 27% of the snaps to Michael Carter, 61% of the snaps. This week, it was an even 50-50 split with Michael Carter getting 55% of the running back worth versus the, yeah, right, versus the 40% to Brees Hall. He is not the 1A there. He's not getting more snaps. He's not getting more running back work. He had more targets one week, but not the other. Like, what is going on with Brees Hall, a guy that they took in the first round? Yeah, it's it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Um, you know, uh, I, I am I am panicked, but you gotta you gotta hold because what are you gonna do? Sell him for a second round pick in 2023? It's it's a tough it is a tough situation. These are always the hardest, right? You've got those guys who were just absolute smashes early on before the season started. Everybody wants them, and they're opportunities just not there right now that that Robert Sala offense uh is just not what we expected them to do with that high draft capital they really like Michael Carter and you know we talked a little bit about Brees Hall last week you know we said hey look at Garrett Wilson getting to work now we saw Brees Hall get the touchdown and 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 be super efficient last week against the Browns and then we see this and it's just a very odd situation. I might be selling for what I could get right now because I just I just don't trust that situation at all. It's a very odd. And again, you have three weeks worth of data now. So do you just continue to hold as his value trickles down or do you try to get out early and get what you can? And I don't think you're selling him low because he's still a super young running back but I, th- I think I'd be looking to try to move on for some decent value if he could. Yeah, it's if you can, it's just, yeah, I don't know what the market's going to be. And everyone, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are feeling the same way we are. Yeah. And they're, you know, but there's also, there's probably a guy or two out there in your leagues that's going, I'm going to go buy low on Brees Hall. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so yeah. Um, if I can get a late first round pick for Brees Hall, that might be, you know, you might be doing well. Um, but you know, if you're you took him at 101 and then five weeks, four weeks into the season, you're selling him for a second round pick, that's tough to swallow, even if you spent that in May. Yeah, that is tough to swallow as a, as a dynasty manager. I tell you right now, I felt like a dum dum for the longest time in an IDP league where I start 11 offense, 11 defense. I needed a quarterback, I was on the clock at 101 and I took Kenny Pickett over Brees Hall, and I got blasted. I mean, blasted. I'm telling you right now, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I felt bad about it all the way through the offseason. Like, man, did I make a stupid decision here? Did I draft out a need instead of taking the value? And now I'm feeling pretty good about it, to be honest. Well, if you only look at Brees Hall, don't look at Drake London, and don't look at Chris Olave. No, I don't want nothing to, to do with those. When you're trying to that's, think about how you made the decision there. Yeah. Um, so let's check uh, back in with the sponsors before we go into our top 12s. Um, speaking of trusted, Elias Game Plan app. Did you know the best day of the week is actually Monday, today, Thursday, and Sunday? Because it's NFL season, our favorite time of the year. And whether you're in fantasy leagues, betting on your team, or just talking highlights around the water cooler at work or on your Zoom meetings, the NFL season just got a little bit better, a lot better, thanks to the Elias Game Plan app. The ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the MLB NBA, and the NFL. Elias Game Plan is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats. 
the Elias Sports Bureau official, official statisticians of the U.S. Pro Sports Leagues. Elias' game plan is the is full of information and insights provided by the renowned research team, which means they constantly give you information that is up to date and that you can trust. This app gives you every this app gives you everything you need this season to get a competitive edge. League validated team and player news and stats, head to head team comparisons ahead of their matchups, along with Elias' key insights from the Elias statisticians, including injury impact analysis and the the expert game analysis that you can give um, gives you the advantage in, be- in betting picking your fantasy lineups, and showing off your sports knowledge. And Elias Game Plan app releasing the new features all the time. They have recently released their chat function, which allows you to talk directly to the researchers. So you get the information you you need to feel comfortable when making big decisions or betting on your fantasy team. I know I use it all the time, whether I'm just fact-checking myself or I need to make sure that I get the the best stats possible before I, I, I finish that article. I make sure to check in with the Elias Sports Game game app. Um, elevate your NFL season today and download the Elias Game Plan uh, app. That's E-L-I-A-S. And right now, I have a special offer. When you subscribe, you get 15% off your annual subscription, but only if you use promo code SGPN15. Find Elias Game Plan Sports Betting in the App Store and Play Store today. Use promo code SGPN15. Yeah, and if you are listening to us right now that we know you watch football, which means you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football, along with NFL Red Zone, plus all your games in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable or satellite. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite show with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract or commitment, so you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV for free for seven days and get 15%. That's right, and get 15% off your first month. So just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. Again, that's F-U-B-O-TV.com slash SGP. So we're going to talk about the top 12s, and we're only going to talk about this week. Um, so we're not going to go into to who's the week three um, of all the three weeks. But Jackson, number one. Hurts, number two. Allen, number three. Lawrence, number four. Burrow, number five. Carr, number six. Geno Smith, seven. Tannehill, eight. Cousins, nine. Brissett, 10. Mahomes, 11. 12 was Rodgers. So we saw a get-right game from Derek Carr, which was nice to see. Um, even though it did not include Devontae Adams, it was a lot of Mac Collins. Yep. Um, Rodgers snuck in the top 12. I had a lot of start sit questions about him. And Ryan Tannehill, number eight, he looked dang good without yes, a left tackle and with all the, the stuff around him. I mean, he's someone that you you know you might, might be a sneaky buy. You know why he looked good? Because Derrick Henry actually looked decent. It's funny how that works. When Derrick Henry looks good, Ryan Tannehill looks good. Well, it all that whole offense leans on that run game to work. So I, I love Terry Lewan, but that offense looked better. I mean, they were moving Pete like the defense was being moved back a yard and he yep. was getting that rushing lane. And the two previous games, he just was not getting the they weren't getting that push and he wasn't getting to, you know, get that steam up. Um any of those running backs stand out as far as like that guy's a pretender or that guy is someone that you should get your hands on. Uh, I mean, Gino to me is definitely a pretender, uh, yeah. right? I mean, he's not going to get to play the Atlanta defense, which is kind of surprising because they've got some really solid secondary players in like Richie Grant uh, and, and Hayward. Like they've Joel. got some really good pieces, but he just, 
torch them. And it wasn't like he was just chucking the ball down the field all the time. You know, you're looking at DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, both with 10, I think 12 and 13 targets. I, I made the mistake but, of, yeah. I, I list, was listening to a podcast. And said, they said, you know, why are we starting DK Metcalf? Like DK Metcalf is, you know, like, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm not going to be, uh, uh, you know, so focused on who, where I drafted the guy. Cause I mean, he had not done anything. Yep. And, you know, so I, Put Jeff Wilson in instead of him. Didn't completely blow it, but yeah. definitely yeah, it was wish close, I had though. DK. Yeah, wish I had DK close. in there. You you take out that one long run at the beginning of the game. Jeff Wilson has a really bad game. <laughs> that, that is exactly. It's, yeah, um, but yeah, Geno Smith, I think is is the guy, uh, the pretender to me out of that group. And I'm gonna. It's. I feel like we're. I'm saying the same thing every single week, and I'm almost doing the same pod, Trevor Lawrence. We told, we've been telling you for three weeks, go get this guy and look at the game that he put on this week against a hella good Los Angeles Chargers defense. Now, I know Joey Bosa ended up going out for a little bit of that game, but I, I'm telling you, Trevor Lawrence has arrived, and I yeah. think he is there to stay, and he will be a consistent top 12 quarterback for the remainder of the season. Yeah, he's he's definitely gone from streamer to he's. I'd have to look at the rankings before I go and officially say he's a top twelve, but he's in that range where he's he's in the twelve to fifteen, ten to fifteen, where like you can you can start him every week, and he's got a little bit of a sneaky rushing upside. Um, running backs: Khalil Herbert, Derrick Henry, Jamal Williams, Devin Singletary, Cordero Patterson, James Robinson, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Pierce. Nick Chubb, Melvin Gordon, Chase Edmonds, and then Brees Hall. Can I, all of them pretend like there's a bunch of pretenders in there? I feel like it was a very odd week. Devin Singletary with nine catches, like very odd. Um, Jamal Williams getting all the work because of DeAndre. Chase, Chase Edmonds, Hurt. six carries, Chase two Edmonds, touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Yeah. So it's a very odd week. A lot of those guys don't look at the fact that they had top 12 weeks this week and go pay up for them. Uh, Devin Singletary, we knew was kind of the guy that would get the, the high value touches in that offense. Uh, Jamal Williams can do very well for you for a couple weeks. It looks like they might hold DeAndre Swift out until the buy after the bye week. Now it sounds like Dan Campbell is talking about. So that, that would make Jamal Williams very valuable for the next two weeks. Uh, Khalil Herbert, we've talked about already. So I, I think there's some guys there that have some short-term production from you. But from a season-long perspective, those guys aren't going to be in your top 12. Uh, receivers, Devonta Smith, Matt Collins, Marquise Brown, Russell Gage, Zay Jones, Chris Olave, Amari Cooper, Romeo Dubs, Isaiah McKenzie, Devontae Parker, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Brown. The only one that I'm like, okay, I, I can understand. There's a couple, right? I can understand Marquise Brown being in the top 12, being the guy. Now, I didn't expect to see, what, 17 targets or whatever it was he got. It was absolutely crazy. Amari Cooper is another guy that I think has always been undervalued in fantasy football circles. This guy <laughs> always produces. I know he had a season in Dallas where he was very inconsistent, and people look at that and they're like, oh, he's inconsistent. Like, that. That was one season that he did that to you. Other than that, he's been pretty solid for you. Now, I can understand playing with Jacoby Brissett and this and that, but he's the guy there. 
and I think he's going to continue. He's always open. He's a great route runner. And my man, the guy that I had in the top 24 that I got chastised about, Devonta Smith, finally getting that breakout. Huge monster game, but he's not a top 12 wide receiver. Let's let's not get crazy with this. I do expect him to still produce very well for your fantasy team, but he is not a wide receiver one. So I, I will challenge on that, Amari Cooper. He might have orange and brown glasses on. I think it was more than one season that he was inconsistent, but um, I mean, he's been consistently good this season. And, um, you know, he's, you know, he's definitely someone that people underrated and you got him as the third or fourth receiver and he's playing like a one or two. Um, Chris Olave, he had a whole bunch of air yards, a whole bunch of targets week before we told you to go get him. He turned that into huge production guy that I think everyone needs. This guy looks like he's building a connection with Aaron Rodgers, and he's becoming one of the starting, starting pieces. The hype train was maybe a little too fast, but I'm getting a little interested in Romeo doves. Eight for eight. He every time Aaron Rodgers threw him a ball, he caught it. If you want to get more targets from Aaron Rodgers, you catch what he fucking throws you. Like yeah, that's I what mean, you do. You might have to go to some really shady retreats as well. But I mean, if you yeah. catch all the balls, I mean, there's really not much you can do. Christian Watson. I mean, Aaron Rodgers put him on the IR. He said, he said "Listen, man, you drop another ball, I'm going to put you on the season-ending IR. I'm done." Um, and then obviously, Mac Collins. He had eight. Eight targets last week, and then he had a huge week this week. The biggest story behind that is not really Mac Collins, but it's Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams got he had 17 targets week one, I think. And then he's he hasn't been targeted the last couple of weeks. He had two catches last week. This week he had, you know, he had two catches. It's just it's not looking good. And Hunter Renfro was out. Yep. So like when Hunter Renfro comes back, when Waller's involved. I mean, it's Devontae Adams. I was worried that this was going to happen. And then the first week I had egg all over my face. But this was my concern is that he's not the only show in town. And when the defense goes to Devontae Adams, Derek Carr is not going to just throw the ball to him like Aaron Rodgers was doing or check out of the plays. It's maybe, maybe it is by by low. I mean, he is though. I mean, like, I mean, I I get it. Week one was crazy, 17 targets. But even the seven targets that he had in week two felt forced. He, I mean, you can tell Derek Carr said, okay, this, I I have to make sure Devontae Adams gets his targets. And this season, this week, it was the same thing. He got 10 targets. A bunch of those were forced into very good coverage. It just, so it, it is forced right now. It, it's going to take some time, right? It's not like these guys have been playing together for 20 years, right? It's been a good seven years, six, seven years since they've played together. So it's going to take some time to really, one, new offense, plus they're getting reacclimated. So it'll come, I believe, with time. Devontae Adams is way too good to be touchdown dependent, which is really you know, the last two weeks, the only reason you're happy with his production, and I wouldn't say you're really happy, but he saved it is because of his touchdowns. So let's, uh, before we get out of here, tight ends, Mark Andrews, David Njoku, Travis Kelsey, Tyler Conklin. We have Jelani Woods, Kyle Pitts, Will Disley, Jordan Akins, Dallas Goddard, Jeff Schwaim, TJ Hawkinson, Zach Ertz. What are your thoughts here? Uh, I think the ones that obviously stand out are Woods, Akins, and Swaim, who really just had touchdowns, but Tyler Conklin's running a whole lot of routes. He's getting a whole lot of production. I would definitely, I think I would sell him 
because I'm really concerned about what happens when Zach Wilson comes back. But if you need a tight end, it's really tough on the streets. Would you go trade for Conklin? No, I don't think so. And I mean, CJ Uzama, this was his first week back. You did see Tyler Conklin drop in snap share. He did drop to about 79%. He had played damn near 100%. He did play 100% last week. And it was in the 90s the week before that. So you saw the snap share go down for him. They're going to ease CJ Uzama in, plus the fact that Zach Wilson's coming out. So he's definitely a sell candidate for me, not a buy candidate for me in a need for tight end. I think for me, I might actually buy on the big game that David Njoku had. I mean, he was a focal point of this week's offense and they paid him a lot of money, and he capitalized on the opportunity this week. So I expect to see him get a little bit more work. But because he didn't do anything the first two weeks, I do feel like you can probably get him at a pretty fair price and not pay for the 89-yard one-touchdown game that he that he had this week. All right. Well, I mean, we got Kyle Pitts, what we were looking for. We got, we got some actual targets. It wasn't a huge game, but it was in the right direction. At one point, it was 50% targets were going to Drake London and, and Kyle Pitts. And Dynasty Twitter was all holding hands and it was, you know, sing kumbaya. But um, <laughs> we, we hope to see more of that from Kyle Pitts. And obviously, they won the game after getting him more involved. I know that, you know, the coaches don't care about um, fantasy football. And they're just saying that out of frustration. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's good football to get good players the ball. And that's why Miami's winning and these other players are winning because they're doing that. Hey, but, uh, Arthur Smith, this isn't fantasy football. You're playing to win. Look at what happened when you got Kyle Pitts involved. Absolutely. Like, and, don't be uh, stupid. I mean, hopefully they, they play Seattle in the next couple weeks and they might win as well. <laughs> but, hey, man, it's been a great show. Uh, let's let's get out of here. Watch my uh, my Giants sneak up on the 50-yard uh, you know, line. And, uh, oh, there we go. There we go. All right. We'll see what happens. See you. Cheers. As, as always, good luck this season.